Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. When somebody says, hey, could you pray for me? Like, do you be the person to just put the hand on the shoulder, hey, and just be honest, I don't wanna forget, I'm just getting it done now, God's listening. That's what we wanna do with prayer, but I'm gonna push you in this message. And I'm gonna push you that what else is there? Is there anything that you can do beyond prayer? High Point with Ron Zappia. We're coming to you today from High Point Church in Naperville, Illinois. I'm Steve Smith, and we're in the middle of our series called Unexplainable Joy. So, Ron, our message today, we're talking about the secrets of joyful fellowship. Yeah, you know, Steve, in our humanness, it's easy to get upset. It's easy to get mad. I mean, people do something, and it's kind of like they bug you and all this stuff. Next thing you know, you're holding a grudge. You ever been there, Steve? I I, I would like to say no, but I think I've been there once or twice. Hey, listen, you're not alone. It happens But we want to experience joyful fellowship in the body of Christ. So today we're going to talk about four secrets to experiencing just that so that you can do this, so that you can get over what you're struggling with and get back on track with each other for the glory of God and the body of Christ. Well, we're opening up to Philippians chapter 2 as we continue a series called Unexplainable Joy. The message is titled The Fellowship of Joy. Here's Pastor Ron. Some feuds... They go on for way too long. Even the church is not immune to these kinds of festering feuds, this friendly fire that hurts way too many people. That's what I want to talk to you about. We're going to start today in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, where we left off last time. And what I want to do is I want to give you four secrets to joyful fellowship because I don't want to have any festering feuds in this local body. Can't control what's going on out there in other bodies. But let's eliminate the festering feuds in this local body so that we can achieve all that God desires. Hey, just out of curiosity, how many people can keep a secret? Go ahead and raise your hand if you can. That's good. There's a lot of people that can't. These are secrets I don't want you to keep. These are ones that need to get out. Secret number one, it's simply this, genuine concern for each other. That's the first secret to joyful fellowship, is that there's a heartfelt genuineness about how we care, how we love each other. Notice what Paul writes in verse 19 of Philippians chapter 2. He says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, But look what he says. He says, I'm going to send him to you, Timothy, my boy. Why? That I too may be cheered by news of you. So he wants to hear about the Philippian church. And then look at verse 24. I have no one like him. Wow, that jumps out. Well, what do you mean there's nobody like him? Can you be more specific? Yeah, look, he says, who will be, there it is, genuinely concerned for your welfare. Underline those two words. We're going to get back to that. So think about this with me. There's nobody else that Paul knows that he could send that would be generally concerned about this church? Wow. Well, how come people aren't as genuinely concerned as we ought to be, even in our church, in your row, next to you, concerned about the welfare of the body? Well, I'll tell you why. Look at verse 21. Bible answers, they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So if you're thinking about yourself and even in this message about what's going on and what do I need to do to pick up for dinner and oh, what am I going to do this week and oh boy, look at me and if it's all you're consumed about your own ambition and your own desires and what's good for you and not on Jesus Christ, 
you're in danger of falling prey to not being genuinely concerned. Paul's like, I don't have anybody to send but Timothy. Wow, really? That's not good. Genuine concern. Asked you to underline the two words. And so if you were to double click on the word concerned, he's not talking about an anxiousness for yourself and your situation and your need and your hurt. He's talking about an anxiousness for other people's needs, other people's situations, other people's hurts. It's like what we as parents do with our kids when we see them being treated unfairly or they're going through a difficult, painful season or they're having a physical um, crisis or problem. It's like, oh my gosh, like your heart is stirred. That's the genuine concern. There's things that just stir your heart and, and that if we want to have joyful fellowship, man, our hearts need to be stirred. And I know when you hear these stories, your heart's stirred. I can feel it in the room. But, but I want to make sure we continue. So let me give you some hints, if I could, about cultivating a culture of genuine concern. And so the first thing, if we could write this on the board, is slow down enough to see what you're passing by. Some of us, our calendars are so full. The kids are in this sport and this, and they're doing this, and we got this going on, and I gotta be over here, and boy, with work, and even church. Even I can be consumed with good things and miss the things that are right in front of me. Do you hear my heart? And so a lot of us, we're doing great things with your family and your friends. And, and, but let's just make sure, because Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Does your heart stir for people? It says, because why did he have compassion? Well, because they're har harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And for some of you, you are the only light, spiritually speaking, to the truth in your family in your circle of friends, in your neighborhood. It's you. Do you feel the burden of that? Let's have genuine concern. Let's, let's slow down and not let things pass by. Let's be, get beyond, second thing, the surface questions to the deeper conversation. You say, I don't have it in me. I don't know if I can do that, man. I mean, I'm nervous. And Hey, can I give you Psalm 3730? And, and this is you. This is what you have to give. It says the mouth of the righteous. That's what you are as a follower of Christ. You, well, I don't deserve the righteousness. I know, you're putting on Christ's righteousness. And, and it says you utter wisdom. And, and you, you, your tongue speaks justice. Like there is so much in you that needs to be soothing and dispensed to the people around you. If we slow down and don't walk by it. If we get beyond the surface questions to some deeper conversation, if we focus our attention on other needs instead of our own, hey, get your eyes off self onto others. And then when you start looking at your own issues, I'm telling you, they don't look as bad. God has a funny way of changing things when your perspective is to help other people. You begin to see your things aren't that bad. And then third thing is this, ask God what else you need to do beyond prayer. Oh, Christians, first one to say, I'll pray for you. And I'm the cynic. Will you really? And that's why I've learned, man, I just got to pray on the spot because it's better. And, and I hope our church would do that. So all three of our campuses, like somebody says, hey, could you pray for me? Like, do you be the person to just put the hand on the shoulder? Hey, and just be honest. I don't want to forget. I'm just getting it done now. God's listening. 
And, and so, but, but that's what we want to do with prayer. But I'm going to push you in this message. And I'm going to push you that, that what else is there? Is there anything that you can do beyond prayer? Because I, I like to think of it like this. It's like, we're praying, oh, Lord, pray for someone to meet this immediate need that I don't really want to meet and bring someone else because I don't want to do this. Now, that's not what you're saying. But, but like maybe have you ever thought you might be the one that should meet the need? So I like to think of it like this. Pray on the spot. Give help a shot. Hey, give it a shot. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I can help you, man. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like, that's a little deep for me, man. Marriage crisis, all that. Hey, I can only, hey you know what? I, I don't have that much money to get you out of debt, but hey, I, let me help you with some things. Pray on the spot. Give help a shot. Well, you got to show me that, in the, that rhyme in the scripture. Oh, I will. Look with me at what it says in Proverbs 3.27. It says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. You know, hey, man, give it a shot. And then how about this? When we're talking about cultivating a, a culture of genuine concern in all the places that we touch, do something nice without asking something in return. What if I don't really like the person? Let's just be honest. You know, somebody I don't really have affinity, you know? I mean, it's not my thing, you know. We didn't go to the same school, grew up in the same place. And, well, it's okay if you don't have affinity, but that doesn't excuse you from help. Look what, what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6. He says, But love your enemies and do good and lend to them, expecting nothing in return. My dad taught me a long time ago. He said, Hey, if somebody comes and asks for money and you want to give them the money, just, it's, you better think of it as a gift because you're probably never going to get it back. Have that expectation. Good advice. So, so, so even your enemies, even people that I don't have affinity for, even people that are different from me, uh, you know, love your enemies and do good and lend and expect nothing in return, and your reward, why would I do such a thing? Your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. So what this verse is teaching is the reason why we're to show kindness is because God rains down the rain and the sun the rain for the crops so that they can grow and the sun so that we can have sunshine and these things. And he rains it on the righteous and the unrighteous. And we all experience his grace and blessing in certain degree. And so we as his followers, it shouldn't matter. And that's why the scripture says in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it's the kindness of God that leads someone to repentance. But what we miss is that you're God's kindness. You may be the vehicle to display God's kindness to somebody who is far from him, doesn't follow him, isn't into him. It's, it's you. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappia. Today's message is titled The Fellowship of Joy. And you can request a copy when you call 844-HP-RADIO. High Point continues in just a moment with more from Pastor Ron. Joy. Everyone wants it, but not everyone knows how to get it. It's often thought to be the same as happiness, an unstable emotion that comes and goes based on the circumstances of life. But joy from God defies the odds and goes against the grain of how society defines it. Here at High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia, we want you to experience the supernatural delight that joy brings in the person of God, the purposes of God, and the people of God. 
That's why throughout the month of March, for a donation of any amount to High Point Ministries with Ron Zappia, we'll send you Unexplainable Joy, a journey through Philippians. Walk through the Unexplainable Joy teaching series with Pastor Ron and use this study to apply each message to your life so you can elevate your faith and experience true, unexplainable joy in your life. Give us a call at 844-HP-RADIO to receive your copy of this original High Point Ministries resource for a donation of any amount, or request this resource online at highpointministries.com. This is High Point with Ron Zappia. Ron's the pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. Our message today is from our series titled Unexplainable Joy, and you can stream the audio or watch the video when you go to highpointministries.com. Now let's get back to the message. Here's Ron. Secret number two. So not only do we want to have genuine concern for each other, we want to have faithful service to each other. Notice verse 22. We're just going to pick right back up on the text, and you'll see this faithful service. So Paul says, but you know Timothy's proven worth. I mean, he's proven himself to be a faithful servant. Have you proven yourself to be a faithful servant to the Lord Jesus Christ? And he says next, he says, how as a son and a father, he has served me in the gospel. Now, there's an illustration here that doesn't correlate as well to us because as a son with a father, he's really saying in the ancient world, like basically, you you know, you did what your dad did. So you were, you know, you were given the trade and, you know, you were taught and apprenticed in what he did and, and that's how it worked. And so, he, so Paul's making the illustration. He's saying, hey, he's so faithful, just like a dad taught his father to continue the family business. Like, he's, he's doing it with the gospel. And, and that's what he does to me. It, you know, he continues. And he says, I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. I kind of like that phrase. He's like, hey, you know, he's really helping me out. It's going to be a bummer that I'm going to release this guy, but it's, I'm going to see how this goes. You can see Paul wrestling. Man, it's really hard to send out your best. I've certainly felt that. We've sent out some of our best people in our church staff that we've brought into ministry, seen them trained, run a ministry here, whether it's an adult pastor, whether it's a high school pastor, whether it's our even children's pastor we sent out to go back to his hometown in Rochester, Minnesota. You get these guys, you get them, you pour into them, and then we send them someplace else. You're like, hey, what about me? Like, it'd be great if they stuck around a little bit longer. I I love this about the Bible because you can feel Paul's pain. And so just like you're sending out someone who's really helped you to go help someone else. That's what Paul's saying. And he says, I trust in the Lord that shortly I may also come. So you're just just seeing Paul, like, you know, he's he's just being real honest and he's being real open. Faithful service to each other. Now, I I gotta stop here and I wanna tell you there's a problem in the church. And, And the problem is that too few do too much. And so what happens is, is I've seen and even experienced it at this church. Let me give you a warning that sometimes people put the church ahead of things they ought not to. I want to guard against that. We've had people in our, that I've known that they've turned their back on their families. They've turned their back on their kids. That even to the point where, you know, the marriage didn't work out. They're not in ministry anymore. And these are people who were vocational ministry and volunteers. And so we can't blow this. So let me give you a biblical order of priority when it comes to faithful service. And this is so important. The first thing is this, serve your family as well as the church. When I say as well as, I'm saying just as much. Serve your family just as much as the church. I'm gonna be saying just as good, 
serve your family just as good as the church. So you say, where's the biblical support of that? Well, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8 tells us, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, his family, especially for the members of his own household, people living under his roof, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Houston, we have a problem. And and look at the words, man. Denied the faith? I mean, we, we need to be concerned. Serve your family as well as the church. Next thing, serve the church as well as others. Why? Because the church is God's ordained institution for change in this world like no other. Why? Because the church is the only thing that will last. Why? Because Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's God's ordained institution, man, for life change. And so serve your church as well as you serve other people. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 makes it clear. It says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. So we gotta do good to everybody. But then I love what Paul says. He says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Hey, don't forget the church. And then the next thing is this, serve others, you see where this is going, as well as your friends. So serve other people as well as you serve your friends. So just as much, just as good. In Luke chapter 10, there's a lawyer who asks Jesus a question. And he says, good teacher. And Jesus says to him, hey, there's nobody good except God alone. So Jesus is just spinning your head always. And and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Many are familiar with this story. So Jesus says this. He says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that's going to prove, Jesus isn't saying you got to earn your way to salvation and to heaven, but he's saying that proves if you really got it. And so this guy, you know, the lawyer's kind of wondering. So first thing he says, well, who's my neighbor then? And, and then Jesus launches into this story, which sounds like a bad joke at first, but it's really not. You've heard this story. Jesus is like this. Hey, there's this guy on the side of the road, and he gets hurt, and he, he's, 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 he's in trouble. And then there's this, you know, there's this priest and this Levite, and they walk by him, see the bad joke part. And then, but it's real serious. And then he goes, but then there was somebody that came and helped him and bandaged him up. And, and got him a place to stay. And who was that guy? Do you remember? It's a good Samaritan. And what we miss in the story sometimes is if you don't have the biblical context, you, you don't recognize that this is a racially charged story. And you say, what do you mean? Well, the Samaritans and the Jews, they hated each other. And they wouldn't work together. They were on one side and this. And I'm just telling you, there was hatred. And the, the, just like what we have in our world today, it's in the scripture. And so when I'm saying serve others as well as your friends, I'm talking about people who are different. I'm talking about people with a different color of skin. I'm talking about people from a different side of the tracks. I'm talking, I'm talking let's, we, gotta, we gotta serve all. Because Jesus says this in Luke 10, 36. He says, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy, which was the good Samaritan. And then here it is, don't miss it. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So, so, hey, you be the one to break down the racial barriers. Hey, you be the one to, to go to the other side of the tracks. Hey, you be the one to not work, walk by the person who's in need. Like that, that's, that's what we're due. And then lastly, we want biblical order of priority. It's so critical. Serve the less fortunate as well as the fortunate. And, and so less fortunate, it's a biblical term. It comes from the phrase that in the Bible, the least of these. So, so somebody who doesn't have as much as you, someone who's going through trouble, 
And so this is when it's going to get hot. I don't want to get political, but, but please hear my heart in this for a moment. And this is in the news right now. And so it was, a, it was a matter of the presidential campaign, and it's still, and everybody's fighting, and, and, and what are we going to do with these illegal aliens, and what are we going to do with these refugees and these displaced people, and you got to close the borders, you got to open the borders, you got to do this. Just hold on for a moment. The government can legislate its way out of this problem. They're supposed to set up the rules. And whether you agree with their rules or not, that's not the topic for this message. But the church... We don't care if you're a refugee, an illegal alien. The church is here for hurting people. And the church is going to open its doors. I'm telling you, are you hearing me? The church is going to care for those of the least of these who are in problems, who are in difficulty. Like the church is the place for them to receive help. And so we as Christians leave the government do their job and the church better do ours. And we better have open doors for people of different kinds of races and different kinds of backgrounds and different kinds of needs. That's the church. And we're doing good, but we got to do better. Like we live in Chicagoland. There's an opportunity here for us to, to like hit the ball out of the park. But, but I got a holy discontent because I, I see it's all over the papers, guys. Please don't miss this. And, and we need to understand that, that, that Jesus is talking about the least of these. He's talking about the refugees, the illegal aliens. That's who he's talking about. And, and, and he says this in Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to warn you, it's a long passage. But this is Jesus speaking to people like you and me. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. He says, I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You didn't welcome me. I was naked, Jesus, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick. I was in prison. And, and I just got to tell you, you guys didn't do anything. You didn't, you didn't visit me. You didn't do anything. He said, then they will answer, those who he's saying this to, that, well, whoa, hold on, Lord. Well, when, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick? Or, or if I would have known that Jesus is in prison, I mean, I'd do something. Well, when did we not minister to you with all that? And then Jesus will look us in the eye and he'll say, truly, I say to you, as you did not do to the one of the least of these, he says, you, you didn't do it to me. Now do you see the significance? And, and then look at how it ties in with your faith. He said, and these, if you don't get this, you don't have a heart for this, I'm not sure you got it. Mic drop. He says, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous eternal life. Like if you got no heart for people in need, in crisis, in difficulty, displaced, I'm not sure you get the gospel because that's who you are. And, and you're just... In, you're just as broken and busted. It, it looks different, but, but we have to care for those who are less fortunate than us. I like to call this the scared straight verse. It just puts things in perspective. It, it should give us a different mindset for the church and, and how we're to respond. And, 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 and what's my part? You're listening to a message called The Fellowship of Joy from Ron Zappia of High Point Church. If you missed any part of this message or would like to access the entire series, head to highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, you gave us a lot of practical steps today in the message. Why is it so important that we put these types of things that you're talking about into place? Well, it's important to put these things in place because I'm telling you, we have a tendency to walk by people. We have a tendency to ignore people. Even the people that we're closest with, we can oftentimes, you know, be the worst too. I mean, think about it that way. You know, the people within your family, the people you spend the most time with, oftentimes we take advantage of them. So it's really important for us to be like Jesus, that we 
we would do this, that we would care for each other, that we would help those who are less fortunate. I mean, think of how Jesus did it. He grabbed a group of guys who wouldn't have been together if it weren't for them following him. And he did this. He not only helped them to stay together, fight for each other, have genuine community and fellowship together, but he taught them how to do that to and for other people. That's who we need to look to, Jesus himself, his disciples, how they modeled caring for each other, walking with each other, caring and sharing the gospel of Christ, being that vital witness to the community. That's how we need to live our lives for Christ. We need to put these principles into practice so that we can experience joyful fellowship in our home, at our schools, at our workplace, in our world. Well, thanks so much for that wisdom, Ron. Here at High Point, whether you're listening to our radio messages or using our featured monthly resources, it's our mission to help elevate your faith. And this month, we have a special resource prepared by our team to supplement Ron's teaching series. It's a study guide packed with helpful questions. There's journal prompts, much more, all designed to help you look deeper into the nature of how you can experience the unexplainable joy that only God can provide in your life. Listen along daily on air or online and keep this study guide close by. It's going to help guide you through and explore the book of Philippians as we learn to take these principles from theory and then put them into practice, put them into action. You can go through this study with a Bible study, a small group, or do it on your own. However you take advantage of this insightful study guide going through the book of Philippians, we know that it's going to be a blessing to you and it's going to help bless others. The Journey Through Philippians Study Guide is available to you when you support High Point with a financial gift of any amount today. Give us a call at 844-477-2346. That's 844-HP-RADIO. Or online, go to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to send a check, address it to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to join us again as we continue our journey to developing unexplainable joy. So join us again for High Point with Ron Zappia.